0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in FSU Football with your host, Robbie Bagnardi. Their second episode and recap of the Notre Dame game. Apologize for my uh, voice being a little scratchy still lost of the game, and it's still coming back. Um, I think the biggest story from the game, other than FSU just being in the game the whole time and really putting ourselves in a position to have a chance to win at the end, was the McKenzie Milton story. Obviously, Milton coming in late after Travis left when his helmet got popped off um, and then proceeding to lead us down the field a couple of times for late scores to come back and tie the game. You know, that was huge for us. And Milton really looked like he can be the guy going forward. He really just, he looked like a gamer. You know, he came in, he looked comfortable. He just did the right things, made plays, made things happen. Knee looked healthy. You know, he looked like McKenzie Milton of old. He had that change of direction. We saw him run a couple of times on scrambles where he could put that foot in the ground, make a defender miss and get upfield for a few yards before getting down. Now he's a smart veteran QB. You really saw that when he came onto the field. I just think with him looking healthy, him being able to come in a big game like that and produce, and all the amount of football that he's played and not only played, but played well in before coming to FSU and before the injury, I think that's the guy that you roll with from here on out. His experience and expertise that he can rely on, having been a college quarterback previously and really produced well, playing big time games, you know, those are things that you can. Count on coming to help as we move forward. So I think Milton's got to be the guy that starts the rest of the season, barring injury, any setbacks, flare-ups, things like that. Um, I, th- I thought Travis played fairly well. Obviously, the three interceptions really hurt. That's the big thing. We lost the turnover battle, three to nothing, more or less. The only, uh, only interception turnover we forced was right at the end of regulation on the Hail Mary. And so that was kind of a moot point. Whereas Travis's three interceptions led to twenty-one points off turnovers for Notre Dame, so in a three-point game that we lost in OT, you know those possessions are big. And then early in the game, we didn't really move the ball much, and Notre Dame had much better starting field position than we did. Um, when Notre Dame did punt, they pinned us inside our own twenty-three times, so. Losing the field position battle, losing a turnover battle, and also we were the more penalized team. We had nine for fifty-four yards. Notre Dame had five for thirty something. So penalties, turnovers, you know, things like that, consistent offensive line play. We looked a lot better in the second half. We looked almost dominant in the run game of the second half, and part of that was just us wearing Notre Dame down throughout the game with just a physical hard nose running game, which, like I said in the last podcast, I told you that's going to be our identity this year, going to run the football. Um, I think when Milton under center, our passing game will come along a little more. I was surprised to see that Parchment and Pokey Wilson didn't see a ton of action. Parchment did have the big touchdown catch, but he only had two targets all game long. We didn't see Cam McDonald at all. Um, Jakai Douglas with a 60 yard touchdown. Last game we played against Duke, Jakai Douglas also had a 68 yard touchdown, so he might be a deep threat going forward. Um, I think if Milton's in the lineup or is the starter, you'll probably see the passing game improve some. Uh, probably see Parchment get put into that role a little more, see his role grow, and then McLean as well, you'll see his role grow. Really like the way that Malik, Malik McClain blocked on the edge. He's the guy who sprung to Sean Corbin's long 89-yard touchdown run, which is, by the way, the longest touchdown run an FSU players had since Dalvin's 94-yard run against Wake Forest. Um, running back room in its entirety played really, really well. I was impressed, really, really impressed and happy for Sean Ward. You know, it's a guy who was a former walk-on. And shades of Devonta Freeman, South Florida kid wearing eight, smaller, tough, hard-nosed runner. Um, He showed great change of direction and acceleration. I thought he had really good vision. You know, he did a good job throughout the game finding holes and being quick and light on his feet, good lateral agility to find running lanes. So Trayshon Ward, 76 yards and a touchdown, you know, really happy to see him produce. And also that's just a huge benefit to the running back room that we can have a guy like that step up in addition to Corbin Tofili and then also DJ Williams, who's a transfer and we didn't even see him at all. So running back room looks like it's going to be deep and talented this year. And for a team that's going to rely on the run, that's huge. Um, Like I said, offensive line looked a lot better in the second half. Having Dylan Gibbons um, come in really solidified, being able to play Devontae Love-Taylor at guard really solidified a run game. Robert Scott and Darius Washington both look solid. Uh, Darius Washington actually had a pretty good day pass blocking. He had a seventy five point six PFF grade. So, as a as a pass blocker, um, in addition to that, defense I think is a lot better than the point total indicates. I thought that we, I mean, we did a great job of the run game. Only allowed Notre Dame run for sixty five total yards. So that's that's huge for us. I mean just to really stifle them and to show that we can hold a good running back in Kyron Williams and a good offensive line for Notre Dame to not a lot of rush yards is a huge step forward for our defense. Obviously, the pass defense left a little to be desired. Cone threw for well over 300 yards, but I think as we – get further into the season and we just, our guys get more comfortable in one-on-one man coverage. I think you'll see that uh, passing game probably toned down a little bit. And then defense, our pass rush in addition to our run defense was great. We had three and a half sacks from our defensive ends. Fuller had one. Uh, Jermaine Johnson had one and a half. Keir Thomas had a sack as well. Those three and a half sacks are more than we had from our defensive ends. Uh, Kando and Robinson all of last year. So, big step forward there. Um, on defense, Kalen Deloach had eight tackles and his first started linebacker thought he really looked good, flew around, made plays. And then the other two guys, Jarvis Brownlee and Jermaine Johnson. If you didn't know, this is a public service announcement. Jarvis Brownlee is a dog, he is a certified dog on the outside. He'll make plays in the pass game. He'll make plays in the run game. He is not afraid to step up, put a hat on a hat, and make a tackle. And also, Jermaine Johnson, as advertised, is that dude. He looked like a high draft pick um, Sunday night. Like, dude looked good. One and a half sacks. Was in the backfield a lot. Was just wreaking havoc. One ACC defensive line player of the week for this past week. Dude is as advertised. So having him in the lineup going forward. Um, You know, Thomas and Fuller also adding sacks and then Johnson having one and a half, our pass rush looks immediately better. And we haven't even really seen Marcus Need Derek McClendon mixed in either. So Dennis Bragg's had a quiet night as well. But I think this pass rush group is going to be much, much better. This run defense is gonna be much, much better. We look physical and fast. We looked like a Florida State defense. You know, we got we got out and flew around to the ball and stopped ball carriers and Notre Dame was kind of making the first guy miss for a lot of the night, and we did a good job just swarming and getting guys to the football in order to stop the run game. That's a huge aspect of it. Um, I already talked about the field position battle and the turnover battle. It's something that we really got to improve on. The fact that we were, you know, lost 3 0 in the turnover battle, more or less, because that interception was a moot point at the end of the game there and then gave up 21 points off of turnovers and we're still in that game with a team that's probably better than us talent-wise and is very well coached that's that's huge you know we sh- we just showed big strides in that this team fought they didn't quit that and that's just the turnaround man the culture you can tell the culture's changed they did not quit they fought down 18 and came all the way back you know and then and we were loud Joe Campbell was loud, tomahawk chop, war, war chant going all game long. We got loud and we got active and we got after it. And they fed off of that momentum all game long. And you love to see it late. You know, Milton coming in was almost like a reinvigoration, a breath of fresh air being down the way we were for him to come in. And as soon as he announced, in the you know, PA announcer come, announced he's coming to the game, huge cheer from all the fans. So that move kind of reinvigorated the crowd. I think they were starting to weigh in for a little bit there. Um, third quarter and we were down 18, some people started to walk out. Not many, but there were a few that gave up hope and decided to leave. And we came all the way back. We didn't stop fighting. And so just to see that from this team, you know, that's that's huge. That's so, so much to see going forward that we have that in us. Um, need to continue the uh, momentum going into Jacksonville State game. Um, FCS opponent, not the most formidable a uh, good chance to just put one in the win column and move forward. So just seeing everything that this team gave us Sunday night compared to what we've seen the last few years is a complete 180, and there's just so much optimism surrounding the program going forward. Um feel like we have our quarterback, at least for this year, Offensive line looked better. Defense looked improved, much, much more physical, much faster. Just all those things. And, you know, transfers and young guys are going to continue to emerge. I uh, already talked about Malik McLean, um, Jarvis Brownlee, and Jermaine Johnson, as I mentioned, like they're going to be dudes. They're going to be problems on defense all year long. Running back room looks solid. Offensive line looks better. Um the tight ends and receivers, their production as we go on, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. I'd imagine next week against Jacksonville State, we already released the depth chart, and Milton and Travis are again listed as co-starters. But I think Milton gets the reins this week, and we see the pass game open up a little bit more. Um, Just everything. Man, just Mike Norvell's the guy. I, I think that that game really showed us. This team, this program, has taken a step in the right direction, and Mike Norvell is the guy for us from here on out. I I believe very much in Norvell's abilities and his staff and his coaching style. Um, he's so detail oriented and motivational, and just really got this team to buy into the culture of working and climbing together. You know, you can see that this team really loves each other, and they're going to fight for each other. And to see those things after what. This program has, has seen the last few years is huge. Just to see how big of a change of a turnaround we've made from a mental standpoint is is just awesome. It's so much, so much hope and excitement for the rest of the season as an FSU fan. I cannot wait for next Saturday. I cannot wait to see us play Jacksonville State. I'm just so excited to see what we do from here on out. Um, and I know last week I had talked about the schedule prediction and FSU possibly being a 7-8 to eight win team. And even though I predicted FSU to win, you know, I thought that they would win this game. So them losing by a field goal and being in it isn't maybe the biggest surprise to me. But I think our schedule going forward looks a little less formidable than it did starting this season. Uh, you know, UNC struggled. Miami got, Miami got waxed by Alabama, but... Alabama is probably not the greatest measuring stick for teams to go up against. You know, they put the beat down on a lot of schools. Um, Louisville got, got it handed to them by Ole Miss as well, so they didn't look great. Clemson only puts up three points against Georgia. The Georgia defense looks legit. You know, they're going to be a really good team. But Clemson is no slouch, and to hold them to only three points, and again, one of those probably not the best measuring stick to put Clemson up against, but them only scoring three points, it's that's not uh, encouraging for their offense from there on out. So I still think you know Clemson probably beats us. UF probably beats us. They have better teams going forward, but I think that Miami game looks much more winnable now. Louisville looks much more winnable now. UNC looks much more winnable on the road now. I mean, it's a team that we beat last year, and they did not look like the team they were last year week one. So schedule looks a lot better. I talked about Boston College possibly being sneaky. They played an FCS team, but, you know, they won 51 nothing. That's what you're supposed to do. So going forward, I think our schedule maybe looks a little more favorable or just less formidable. So... That's a nice little development as far as what our record goes. But I I think this is definitely a team that makes a bowl game. This is definitely a 7-8 to win team based on what we saw. Um, More talent, more cohesion, more fight in the team altogether. So just that that spirit and that fight that they showed. And I I know I keep saying that word, fight. We fought the whole game, and we just did not see that from these teams the past couple years. They would quit and they would give up. So to see us fight and scratch and claw and come all the way back and rally behind each other and use the momentum that the crowd that the fans gave us, is, especially after the last season not having fans, like just all that coming together, all that culminating and, and giving us one of the better football games they're probably going to see for this whole year was just incredible to see in person, is incredible to reflect, reflect upon and, and talk about. Um, and another big aspect of the game that, is probably, well, probably it is a secondary storyline is recruiting. We had a ton of big name guys there, you know, Julian Armello, Eliza Pritchett, um, Kevin Coleman, Travis Hunter, A.J. Duffy, Sam McCall, all the big name guys were there, committed and uncommitted. And, you know, they all talked about how much they liked the atmosphere. All of them talked about how much they like the atmosphere. So that's a huge, huge win for us in recruiting to come out and to put a very competitive team on the field. Like, yeah, we didn't win. And and there's no moral victories, quote-unquote. But we can definitely, you know, hold our heads up high and when we go to sleep on that game because we know moving forward what we're capable of that even if we're down, we're not out. And having those types of of feeling, those vibes about this team is just so awesome to see after the last couple of years and just the turnaround and the improvement. And, you know, this team doing a whole 180 is just such a a big storyline. And during the game, FSU basically became America's team between Mackenzie Milton coming in and us just not being great the last couple of years. And now all of a sudden it looks like we're back. And and maybe not back back in the terms of being a, a national contender or a, a playoff team this year, but we're back in terms of we're now a formidable opponent again. You know, we're back to FSU football. We're back to being physical and athletic and fast and not being easy to win when you come into Doe Campbell Stadium. I think uh, Jacksonville State's going to be a nice measuring stick for us. Can we put the beat down on them the way that we're supposed to? hand it to an FCS team the way that FSU is supposed to. So I think if we just continue the momentum that we do have from that game, even though it is a loss, carry that into next week and just continue to play hard, continue to be physical, continue to fight, continue to run the ball the way that we did and maybe open up the passing game a little bit more. Um, like to see more easy completions. The screen game didn't work very well, uh, which was kind of unfortunate to see against Notre Dame. But easy completions in terms of, Uh, You know, your short ends and drags, things that get the balls, get balls to your playmakers in space. Uh, So there was a nice drag route that Malik McLean ran that ended up going for a big gain. Would love to see more of that. Um, I think that Milton and Travis's ability to create is going to need to be used more. We saw Travis create out of necessity a lot in the first half. I don't think the offensive line played very well in the first half, and we saw lots of scrambling and eluding pressure from Travis that kind of nullified his ability to throw the ball and to work downfield a lot. And we saw Milton kind of come in, you know, first throw, he hits that corner out route. But their ability to create and avoid pressure is going to be a big help in the passing game, especially if the offensive line isn't great. So I think the fact that we saw that from both of them, we saw Milton, you know, change direction and cut on his knee and came out of the game fine. So his ability to continue to do that's gonna be huge for our passing game going forward. Um other than that, just really good performance. Just really, really nice to see. You know, it, it looked like competitive FSU football again. And we've been missing that for a while. We outgained Notre Dame in yardage, and we outgained them in rush yardage. Um, Passing game for Notre Dame looked pretty good, so our DBs need to get more comfortable in that one-on-one coverage going forward. But I think that defensively we looked really good. If we can limit teams that have solid rushing attacks to not a lot of rushing yards and force them to put the ball in the air, that's going to help us because it makes teams one-dimensional. When you can stop the run – and the early downs because you're fast and you're physical and you fly to the football and you put hats on the ball carrier because guys, these guys are good athletes. They're Division one running backs. They're going to make people miss. They're going to break tackles. You have to get multiple defensive players to the ball if you're going to make stops on a consistent basis, and we did a good job in doing that against Notre Dame. If we do it against Notre Dame, we should be able to do it against the rest of our opponents going forward this season. So our Defense playing as you know, one cohesive unit and and stopping the run game and getting after the passer is, is huge, huge improvements. Because like I said, we didn't have a lot of production from our pass rushers last year. And not having a pass rush allows teams to sit in the pocket, allows them to stretch the field a little bit more, do what they want in passing concepts. So when you put pressure on the offensive line, on the passer, and on the run game, just making it harder to move the football is always, always going to help. And FSU definitely looked a lot better on defense than we have in the past couple of years, even though we gave up 41, there's some, you know, outstanding variables, points off of turnovers, um, just not having or no, giving Notre Dame good field position in the first half. So those types of things kind of skew how many points we actually gave up, the points off of turnovers, the big ones, you know, giving up three touchdowns off of the three interceptions and what ends up being a three-point game. Like that's a huge, huge differential so limiting turnovers going forward I think that's another area that Milton having Milton the quarterback will help Um, you know coming in FSU 72 touchdowns and 22 interceptions so he doesn't turn the ball over a ton he's smart he's a savvy veteran so that's another benefit not turning the ball over is going to help us we did fumble a couple times we got both of them back Um, with all that said I can't wait to see what this team does moving forward um, this is the end of the Notre Dame recap episode. Later this week, I'll have a preview episode for the Jacksonville State game coming up and then two more episodes following the game next week. So come back to Believe in FSU Football, Believe podcast. And this is your host, Robbie Bagnardi. Peace out. Go Knowles.